Oh, fine. Must be Charlton. Must be Charlton. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's Jake. Oh, Jake, Jake did that to you. Hey, everybody. I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Today, we are going to unpack some of the news of the day or just news in general and uh, then get smiley by the end. Uh, So, Kai, yours is way more newsy. Why don't you go first? All right. So uh, I will continue in the vein of Silicon Valley Bank and the implosion and all the after effects. We've been through Signature. We've been through Credit Suisse yesterday. Uh, Overnight last night and today, the big challenge for uh, the banking system was First Republic, which had seen a stock price fall and depositors want their money back. And as we know, when those two things happen, it's a challenge for a bank. And Hmm. so today, there was a thing that happened that was very reminiscent of long-term capital management back in 1998, where Wall Street all got together and saved a hedge fund that had made some rather severe and multi-billion dollar miscalculations and Hmm. prevented a similar uh, financial crash to one we had in 2008 and and, uh, perhaps even yet to come this week. No, I'm kidding. It's not a crash that's coming. Anyway. So the news is that 11, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In fact, I'm not even calling it a crisis. I'm calling it uh, a situation because what we have is a situation. It's not yet a crisis. Anyway, so today, that's right, situation. Um, 11 big banks, including some of the really biggies on Wall Street, like JP Morgan and Bank of America, announced that they are going to put $30 billion, 11 banks, $30 billion. The big Wall Street banks are putting $5 billion apiece. Some of the smaller regional banks are putting a billion dollars in just as deposits into First Republic, right? They're not taking equity. They're not taking debt. They're taking just deposits. They walked up to the counter and gave a $5 billion check or, or a billion dollar check to the teller and said, hello, we'd like to open an account. Metaphorically, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I uh, did an item on this on the radio show this afternoon. Uh, And in which I said, look, these are uninsured deposits, because as we all know now, uh, FDIC insurance is only $250,000. Well, I have to credit Mitchell Hartman with this observation. (laughs) Well, hang on. Here's here's Mitchell, right? So I said right at the end of the show, I said, that's a very big, high-dollar, uninsured bet on First Republic. It's a vote of confidence. And Mitchell slacked me at 2.35 this afternoon, L.A. time, and said, or... It's a humongous $30 billion bet that cannot lose in the game of Regulator Roulette, Moral Hazard Edition, because Yellen, Powell, and company have just Mm. implicitly guaranteed the first infinity dollars of deposits, which is actually really true and which I should have said. So I'm saying it Mm. here. Mitchell is absolutely right. The implicit guarantee now is that all your dollars are protected. Yeah, and that's the rule until it isn't anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So Mitchell gets mad props for that. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. And then if they decide not to back someone's deposit, oh into well, infinity, well then everything explodes. they're going to be, well then everything they're going to be open to well why for them and not for us, you know, and oh, playing yeah. the yeah, federal yeah, yeah. government yeah. playing favorites. Right. A- absolutely. Likes. But I'll but I'll tell you that that conversation will come amid the wreckage and the ashes of the American financial system, because if Yellen and Powell come out now and say no 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 then it's going to be like Lehman Brothers, and it's going mm. to be apocalyptic. Mm. I'm trying not to use these words. <laughs> I, I know, but, but well, that was a big what-if scenario, right? And, and the what-if yeah, answer there is, 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 is it's very not good. Yes, this is true. This is true. 
yeah. okay. Well, I'm going in a little bit of a different direction. And um, basically, following up on our deep dive on Tuesday that we did with Miss Emily Baker White at Forbes, mm -hmm. uh, who was talking to us about TikTok. And one of the things that we discussed was that TikTok, uh, among other journalists, they were sort of surveilling her and looking at where she was going in order to figure out what sources she was meeting with and, and all that stuff. Well, now she has a story out today in Forbes that the FBI and the Department of Justice are investigating the events that led up to ByteDance uh, using the app to surveil mm -hmm. American journalists, um, according to sources familiar with the department's actions. And so <laughs> that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. ByteDance was trying to figure out who her sources were at uh, TikTok, and now they probably mm -hmm. want to know who her sources are at Department of Justice and the FBI. <laughs> um, but oh, anyway, snap. so I thought that that was interesting, uh, given that we just talked to her. The other story uh, that I really was super impressed by, hat tip to uh, Stephanie Seek, one of our editors who posted this in one of our Slack channels. It's an AP investigation about nursing homes and something that I really didn't know, which is that a lot of most nurse, people who live in nursing homes often rely on some form of Medicaid to pay for their stay at a nursing home. But if you're getting Medicaid to pay for your nursing home stay, you have to basically turn over all your other benefits to help pay mm. for that care. So that's your social security, any resources that you have. And you know what, I'm just gonna read it from the AP. Nearly wow. two thirds of American nursing home residents have their care paid for by Medicaid and in exchange, all social security, pension and other income they would receive is instead rerouted to go towards their bill. The personal hmm. needs allowance is meant to pay for anything not provided by the home, from a phone to clothes to shoes to a birthday present for a grandchild. So the story is about this personal needs allowance, which is like $30 a month. Hmm. Wow. And Seriously. the story is about all of these older people in nursing homes who you know, did what they were supposed to do, and they're getting their social security. Nursing home care is so expensive that they couldn't afford it on their own, so they relied on Medicare, Medicaid, and then basically lost access to all of their money, and some of these nursing homes aren't actually providing all the things that they're supposed to, and so wow. people end up basically stuck in nursing homes in poverty once they can't take care of themselves anymore and you know de relying on care packages from their churches and right. things like that because their social security and uh, other benefits are getting routed uh, elsewhere wow. it's a super powerful story about something i absolutely didn't know about and i think i i would be shocked if this did not result in some kind of change in legislation because this is pretty bad yeah one hopes oh and this one is the key hopes. thing Unlike Social Security payments, this is not linked to inflation, this payment. So it's ah. $30 and has been $30 for decades. Uh, and Congress actually would have to change the law to boost it. And so somebody actually tried to push a law that would change it, would, would, that would increase it and then link it to inflation. But it didn't go anywhere, it, like didn't even get a hearing or something. So it's, wow. um, it's a really powerful story. So I would recommend wow. people read it. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, man. All right, Jake. Hmm. 
All right. Did you see this about the spacesuit? I saw the press release that it was coming, but I haven't seen the okay. spacesuits yet. So running around all day. There, there's a cool story uh, oh, which I saw cool. about two days ago uh, from a company named Axiom Space, which I imagine just does a bunch of space gear and all this jazz. Anyway, Axiom Space is designing the uh, EVA suit for astronauts who are going to turn to the lunar surface and on Artemis 3, which hopefully will be in 2025. There's a picture of it. It's kind of cool, except for this. I'm going to read you the paragraph. Since a spacesuit worn on the moon must be white to reflect heat and protect astronauts from extreme high temperatures, a cover layer is currently being used for display purposes only to conceal the suit's proprietary design. So it's a really cool futuristic look. Wait, it gets better. Really cool <gasps> futuristic looking spacesuit. But then it says... Axiom Space collaborated with costume designer Esther Marquis from the Apple TV Plus series For All Mankind, which we have talked about, to create this custom cover layer using the Axiom Space logo and brand color. So what you're seeing is not the actual spacesuit. It's a Hollywood version of it, which is kind of cool. I do recommend For All Mankind. I still need to catch up to season three. But anyway, mm -hmm. the new spacesuit is here. The new moon suit is here. It's wild. Wild, wild, wild. And it's a lot smaller looking. If that's the cover, yeah, well, it's a it's, lot it's, smaller it's, looking it's, than the original. Because, I mean, think about the image you have of, like, you know, the astronauts bouncing on the moon in these giant, giant suits. This is way more svelte, I guess. It, it, it is svelte. It's very good looking. I will tell you, by the way, parenthetically, you know, you know what I hate? Those spacesuits that the SpaceX astronauts wear? I hate those. I think they're terrible. Oh, really? I think, I think they look like rubber overalls and those like plastic boot insert liner things that go halfway up the I think it looks terrible. Looks terrible. <laughs> and look, I, I understand that, that function has to take priority over form, but still, they got to do better. It's anyway. funny how uh, I realized that sort of sci-fi fashion is like seeping into my life because I went I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and I walked out of the house and I realized that I'd accidentally dressed like one of the characters from Andor like the oh whole like vibe wow. was like like I had on like the same color scheme and like a belt and my pants and I was like wait a minute I look like a character from Star Wars did the doctor look at you and go what are you doing she was like that's a really interesting outfit <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you look really nice. I was like, you look like a character from Star Wars, don't I? She's like, oh, my God, that's it. I was like, oh, oh God. my God, that's funny. That that's is okay, funny. though. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, mine is um, a story in the Washington Post about all of these people who have gone through extreme pet-proofing methods in their homes because of their cats. And so the headline is, when cats can lock doors and raid food, pet proofing gets extreme. <laughs> the, the subtitle is the best. Most cats are jerks once in a while, but some take it to another level. Here's how their owners protect both the cats and their homes. There's a cat in the story that can open microwaves and like opened a microwave and stole pizza out of it. There's a cat wow. in the story that locked its owners out of the house. Um, and... I was I related quite hard to this story because Jasper once stole my wallet and it's really? hard to believe that this is true but in what was it so in 2020 when like December of 2020 when lockdowns were still happening mm -hmm. and I was trying to do organize like Christmas gifts for my niece and nephews 
nieces and nephews and I suddenly couldn't find my wallet and I tore the house up and down for like two weeks two weeks I was looking for this and I was calling all my friends and complaining and complaining and so then I took Jasper to the vet and the vet said he was too fat and he needed to lose some weight and so I stopped feeding him as much and I stopped giving him as many treats and he got angry and one no day way. I gave him like two treats and then I turn around and he's sitting right behind my chair next to my wallet which means that he stole my wallet <laughs> and strategically <laughs> brought it back out <laughs> oh, to demand more treats i'm not kidding i have a photo of him sitting next to the wall and you will That's see how fun. guilty he looks because i tore the house apart for two weeks and then it was just sitting there in the middle of the carpet next to him like That's there's no way that he did not have that wallet so anyway, this is a running joke in my friends. Anytime off. I can't oh, find my wallet, they're like, did Jasper take it? That's pretty Everybody funny. Everybody thinks he's so cute, pretty but smart he's a cat. thief. Pretty smart <laughs> cat. Thief. Pretty smart cat. All right. <laughs> then we'll, we'll end with the cat thief. A cat burglar, if you will. We're done for today. Back oh, tomorrow, Economics on Tap done, is what we Kai. do. I know. Thank you very much. Words are my life. 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. There's going to be drinks. I'm going to have a beer probably. News, well, I have to go to a choir concert that day. No, I'm having a beer. Somebody else can drive. Uh, and a round of half full, half empty. We'll do that too. Yes. And before we go, uh, once again, our March fundraiser, it ends at midnight tomorrow. And we still have about $90,000 that we're really trying to raise. It's a tough time for the media industry right now, as I'm sure you all have heard in the headlines. Uh, and I know $90,000 sounds like a lot, but we have raised that much before in the final days of a campaign. And with your help, we can do that again. Donating is super quick and easy. We now accept Apple Pay and PayPal because we're all <laughs> high tech. Um, so you can donate now at marketplace.org slash give smart. If you can, we'd be super grateful. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Jake Cherry. Our intern is Antonio Barreras. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. There we go. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.